0: Support comes from the Virginia Living Museum. I'm Jessica Azura, Senior Director of Guest Engagement, welcoming you to experience the wonder of Virginia's native birds, mammals, marine life, and reptiles, all with a focus on education and conservation. More at the thevlm.org. It's November, and the flocks have been gathering and wheeling and generally heading south now for some time. The enormous gatherings of blackbirds, the skeins of geese, And again, one is prompted to think about migration, one of the most fascinating aspects of bird study. Why would a bird, specifically the Arctic tern, all four ounces of him, why would he travel 11,000 miles each way between breeding and wintering grounds? The whys and hows of migration offer many questions like this. But this morning we'll consider just one aspect of these twice-yearly journeys, and that is mortality, specifically that caused by man-made structures. To start with, it's not easy being a wild animal. Wild animals are meals for other wild animals, and birds are rather tasty. Some hawks fuel themselves in the course of migration by eating smaller birds along the way. Juvenile birds, at their first migration, have more than their share of problems. Some simply head out to sea and die, others in the wrong direction. All of this is part of the natural course of things. What is not natural are the many man-made hazards to migrating birds. Lighthouses, communications towers, and very tall buildings. These structures are responsible for more bird deaths than one might imagine. Many migrants are nocturnal. About 300 of the North American species migrate at night. These birds are often attracted to lights on these high structures, particularly in bad weather. The birds apparently become disoriented by the lights, especially red lights, and kill or injure themselves as they fly against the towers. This is not just an occasional thing. There are close to 100,000 radio, TV, and now cell phone towers in the country. And extrapolating from some long-term studies, the first began back in 1955, biologists estimate that communications towers kill at least 4 million birds a year, perhaps as many as five times that many. There's a lot of carnage there. Most of these birds are warblers, thrushes, vireos, or other songbirds, 50 of which are considered endangered. So what to do about all this? According to the Audubon magazine a few years ago, more studies are needed. The data is very incomplete, and presumably such studies are underway right now. Audubon said that to reduce losses, bird advocates are pushing the telecommunications industry and its federal overseers to rethink rules concerning tower placement and lighting. They're also seeking funds for studies needed to fully understand why towers kill and what can be done to prevent thousands of planned spires from adding to the death toll. So, migration underway right now is fraught with dangers. And in the past few decades, we've added some more. It is not easy being a wild animal. It's November And the flocks have been gathering and wheeling and generally heading south now for some time. The enormous gatherings of blackbirds, the skeins of geese. And again, one is prompted to think about migration, one of the most fascinating aspects of bird study. Why would a bird, specifically the Arctic tern, all four ounces of him, why would he travel 11,000 miles each way between breeding and wintering grounds? The whys and hows of migration offer many questions like this, but this morning we'll consider just one aspect of these twice-yearly journeys, and that is mortality, specifically that caused by man-made structures. To start with, it's not easy being a wild animal. Wild animals are meals for other wild animals, and birds are rather tasty. Some hawks fuel themselves in the course of migration by eating smaller birds along the way. Juvenile birds, at their first migration, have more than their share of problems. Some simply head out to sea and die, others in the wrong direction. All of this is part of the natural course of things. What is not natural are the many man-made hazards to migrating birds, lighthouses, communications towers, and very tall buildings. These structures are responsible for more bird deaths than one might imagine. Many migrants are nocturnal. About 300 of the North American species migrate at night. These birds are often attracted to lights on these high structures, particularly in bad weather. The birds apparently become disoriented by the lights, especially red lights, and kill or injure themselves as they fly against the towers. This is not just an occasional thing. There are close to 100,000 radio, TV, and now cell phone towers in the country. And extrapolating from some long-term studies, the first began back in 1955, biologists estimate that communications towers kill at least 4 million birds a year, perhaps as many as five times that many. There's a lot of carnage there. Most of these birds are warblers, thrushes, vireos, or other songbirds, 50 of which are considered endangered. So what to do about all this? According to the Audubon magazine a few years ago, more studies are needed. The data is very incomplete, and presumably such studies are underway right now. Audubon said that to reduce losses, bird advocates are pushing the telecommunications industry and its federal overseers to rethink rules concerning tower placement and lighting. They're also seeking funds for studies needed to fully understand why towers kill and what can be done to prevent thousands of planned spires from adding to the death toll. So, migration underway right now is fraught with dangers. And in the past few decades, we've added some more. It is not easy being a wild animal. Support comes from the Virginia Living Museum. I'm Jessica Azura, Senior Director of Guest Engagement, welcoming you to experience the wonder of Virginia's native birds, mammals, marine life, and reptiles, all with a focus on education and conservation. More at the VLM.org.